Hey, hey, habit thrivers. If you're ready to rock your next chapter, this is your place. It's time to live your most fit, fearless, and fabulous life. I believe that our daily habits and routines set the foundation for achieving our dream lives and help us find more passion and clarity with less doubt and uncertainty. So let's get cozy. Grab your planner and your favorite beverage and come along with me on this journey of reclaiming your passions and finding new ones along the way. Hey there, Habit Thrivers. Welcome to episode number 31 of Your Habit Thrive Podcast. I have a treat for you today. I have an interview with Kate Galliott, who is the author of the book Becoming Unbreakable, How to Build a Body You Love to Live In. So first of all, I love that title, and I had so much fun interviewing Kate. We have connected before on previous summits and it was just a wonderful discussion. So it fits perfectly with the theme of January and as you hear me say often, even if it's another month, another time of the year, these concepts cross over and I would say though sometimes they have an extra little punch listening to them in the season that they are recorded. So on that note, Kate and I talk about becoming unbreakable, about managing that push-pull, that, that feeling of wanting to rest and to just kind of hunker down and that feeling of wanting to push and kind of move forward in terms of things that you want to do in your life. So it is again a fantastic discussion. It is about starting where you are. There are practical tips in everything that we're talking about as well and lots of motivation. So before we dive right in I just want to give you a little bit more of Kate's background. She has a Bachelor of Science in Exercise science and a huge variety of certifications and training which have helped her to curate this holistic approach that she has to taking care of our bodies and in addition to her work with in-person clients and on her website she's been featured in Experience Life magazine, Livestrong.com and a variety of other publications. She lives in the great state of Utah where she can put her unbreakable body to use for adventures in the mountains. And that is just so cool because on my bucket list is a retreat in Utah. And guess what? I am heading there in September. So without further ado, grab your tea or coffee or bring us along on your ski or your walk and enjoy this wonderful interview with Kate Galliott. Hey, Kate. Lovely, lovely to be chatting with you again. Welcome to the Habit Thrive podcast. Thank you, Lori. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. The last time, actually, uh, I shouldn't say the last, we've chatted a few times since the first time we met online. It was during COVID. Actually, I was I was thinking about this as I was getting ready for this podcast episode and we got together or first met in March 2022 
through a panel that was brought together by a uh, colleague, a mutual colleague of uh, both you and me. And it, I knew, honest to goodness, right away. There were, were there six of us? I think six there of was, us. There was more than a few. Yeah, it was. there's a, a good group of us. Yeah. So we were just, and we were all actually just meeting each other that Again, when I think about some of the positives sometimes from just um, if we can look for positives during COVID, it was that going online, meeting new people, meeting new friends. And and I knew right away that we would be staying in touch. I, I remember that, um, that panel so clearly that we were on the same page around fitness and, and exercise and approaches. And the one thing actually that, well, two things that stood out for me, and we're going to dive into this with, uh, with your book, Kate. That is the whole concept of being outside, taking advantage of the amazing areas that we are potentially in. And Kate, you are in Utah. I'm in Eastern, a rural part of the state. Yeah. Beautiful. And we were just talking before I hit record, um, talking about snow, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are both, we both love, um, love winter, actually, but as long as there is snow and as long as it is cold enough to be able to do activities outside. So we connected definitely through that. And also, I was thinking about this too, through dance parties, doing stuff inside. And I remember saying, um, when the host asked, like, what is one thing you would suggest? Asked, well, actually asked all of us that about about being active, especially during COVID time, because we were inside at that point more. And you and I were just like dance parties all over the dance parties. So ever since then, I have been reaching out to Kate. She has been one of my biggest supporters and and promoters uh for my podcast so kate i have to oh my gosh thank you so much for that she's teaching me about instagram actually (laughs) (laughs) it is necessary evil in the business world you know oh my gosh you are so great on instagram so i have been getting some i'm going to say workshops on (laughs) on instagram but we're here actually i want to i want to come right to your book kate i'm going to actually turn it right over to you there's and again you and i were chatting just before hitting record about the process like what brings you to actually writing a book because my podcast audience being some in their next chapter, right? Being ready to perhaps even look at writing a book or even starting a podcast. And also just the information in this book, Becoming Unbreakable. I love, love, love the title. And we're going to even dig into parts of just the meaning of of the title and what brought you to writing this. So, Kate, I'm going to turn it over to you. And I am, I'm going to try not to interrupt you too much because I get excited about this, but we're just going to have a chat, everybody. So sit back. If you haven't grabbed a coffee or tea to sit down and listen to this chat, you might even actually want to be taking some notes. And I know you will want to have a look for Kate's book after this discussion. So over to you, Kate. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, you know, you had asked me what, how did I write the book? What made me write Becoming Unbreakable? And I wrote the book because I couldn't not write the book. 
And that's really important because writing a book sucks. It is so hard. It is way harder. Like however hard you think it is to write a book, it's a lot harder than that. You have to have such commitment to the practice. And I'm sure people listening today have been that committed to something in their life, a marriage, children, you know, their job, whatever they're calling. You have to bring that level of commitment to a book. And I was joking while I was getting towards the last, it took me two years to write it. And getting towards the end of that second year, I was like, I really don't recommend this for anyone unless they absolutely need to get the book in the world because it's so difficult and so exhausting. However, it was something that made me very proud because I needed to do it. And funny that I did it during COVID because, you know, in the beginning of COVID, we we didn't know what was going on. And we were like, is everyone going to die? Like, what's going to happen? How many people are going to die? Am I going to die? Like, it really gave me a moment to think like, if I died and I didn't do this, would I be mad at myself? Not like I would, I don't even know if you can be mad at yourself after you're dead, but <laughs> I would be, I would be bummed out in yeah. whatever way that I if I were dead and hadn't done this, I had been a blogger for 10 or 12 years at that point. So I've been writing for a long time. A lot of it's not good. You know, that's what blogging is for. You write some good stuff, you write some not so good stuff, you just keep putting it out there. And so that helped in a lot of ways, because it helped me put together and manage the ideas that I thought were worth bringing into this book. But also, and more so, I have had thousands of conversations at this point as a trainer, I've been a trainer for 21 years now. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to about their body, about the problems they feel that they have with their body, about what they're frustrated by, about the dead ends they've come up on as they've tried to solve their problem, but the solutions they tried weren't what was right for what their body needed and their discoveries as they went on the journey with me, how I teach fitness and the empowerment they developed from that. So having those conversations was really the big thing that supported me as I wrote this book and having been a blogger and had those conversations, I knew from the beginning, I did not want a publisher for this book because when you get a publisher, there are some good things about that, but you lose the rights to everything. You don't get to decide what the book will be about. You don't get to decide on the cover, the title or anything about what's in the book. And you'll get some creative freedom in there, but at the end of the day, the saying, the decisions are not yours because you are not paying for the book. So I self-published in 2022 and it was fantastic because I was able to oversee the entire thing knowing this is the book I need to write because I can't not write it. And this is the book I know that needs to be out there based on all my experiences thus far as a trainer. That is so many gems in in that from, I meant to ask you actually about the self-publishing. So I'm so glad that you spoke to that. Again, for those who are listening and are, you may not even know when you're, as you're listening right now, everyone, (laughs) that you are a potential blogger or author or podcaster and hearing other people who have gone through the process and have asked the questions and have these learnings. I mean, I just think I, for myself right now, I'm just like taking, taking notes for sure. And the concept of not being, you can rephrase this for me too, Kate, but of of not being able not to write the book. It's like, that feeling, if I'm describing this correctly, if it's chit-chatting in the back of your head, everything that the discussions that you have, as you said, thousands of discussions are like, okay, I need, I want to answer this. And I want to let more people know this because 
the questions are so valuable that come from whether they're clients or whether they're friends or family members. And then very often we're coming to an answer together. And it's like, I know that feeling. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to share this. I have to share that. I can't keep this to myself. We just, we just came up to this together, came to this answer around our health and our fitness. And, and now I need to share it. And so, yeah, a book makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I think if people don't know yet, if that's something they want to do, just sit with the thought of it for a while and allow it to like kind of tumble around in your brain every now and again. I had jokingly said I would be an author for a decade before I even wrote the book, you know, and didn't think anything of it other than, yes, I'm going to write a book. But that feeling swelled up quite a bit in the, the year or so prior to doing the book. And, you know, I really owed it to everyone I've ever talked to that has taught me something, you know, as they ask a question, I go, oh, wow, I had never considered that that was even a question because I didn't view it that way. Let me help you answer that question and help you come up with the answers that you need. And so it just really made sense to do that. And I'll say it again, you know, this from podcasting, it takes a lot of work to complete something like a project, like a creative project like this. And it's not impossible. It will feel impossible some days. It's good to have a support system when you're frustrated about something, but it's not impossible. And I, I always just kept that thought in my head. In fact, I had a little, I'm at my desk right now and I had a little framed saying that said, when work feels overwhelming, just remember that you're going to die. And I was like, you can take that in a lot of ways. But for writing the book, I took that as I am going to die someday. And I cannot let this be so overwhelming to me that I just let it go. That I just let that dream die. Can't do it. And I would just sit and stare at that little phrase and be like, okay, well, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be writing that right now, but get back to work, Kate, and it's going to come to you. And I don't even know how all of those words came together. But they did. My editor was great. She helped with the 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 condensation of things, kind of paring it down from like double the size that it was to the size that it became, you know, getting rid of the stuff that she's like, this is just not good. Don't include this. Um, <laughs> she was great. But you if you once you decided that you're going to do this thing that you're called to do, somehow it comes through you. And you made me think about the concept of the process and being unbreakable before you come in to a process like this. Let's say, I mean, as you said, you need energy and it's not just a, a meant it's mentally emotional, it's physical, all of that. Where were you in the state of being unbreakable and of becoming unbreakable in the process? And, and how did that title of becoming unbreakable? So how does that all come together for you and come out into the world. Yeah. Um, well, so becoming unbreakable, the, the concept of unbreakable is something I put together. I mean, the word is not new. I didn't invent it, but I realized in my years of coaching that it made the most sense because it could encompass so much. It wasn't just getting fit, which has a connotation that people think of. It wasn't just losing weight or getting flexible or naming off these specific outcomes of fitness. It was this entire concept of a way of living that might include fitness objectives within yeah. it, but it's who you are, not just what you can do, you know, because I was very into fitness from a very young age. I played tons of sports, was very good at them and was on that fast track to sports as my, my thing. But 
especially come high school and then college, the approach I took was, Kate, you're going to make your body do this come hell or high water. I don't care if your body's screaming at you that it's in pain or it's sore, or it's tired. You ignore it and you push through it. You drag your body kicking and screaming behind you. You diet harder because that's what makes you a good person. Like all of these things that can achieve an outcome for the body, but they do not achieve anything good internally. They make your mind more of a struggle. They make your heart and soul and emotions more of a struggle. They put you in a constant fight with your body. Right. And I had to hit my breaking point to realize that is not going to work for me for the rest of my life. I can't, I was only in my twenties. I could not go through the rest of my life living like that. And that really began my journey to becoming what I now call unbreakable because I did want to be healthy, fit, strong, all, be able to do cool things, but not at the expense of my existence. And I love that I w- was, again, copying down uh, quotes from from your book. And I'm going to word swag some of these and, <laughs> and share them with um, giving credit to, uh, to you for lots of lots of gems through here. And the one of the quotes out of your book is becoming unbreakable is not an end goal to achieve, but rather a lifelong experience to have. And that's what, again, what you just spoke to and the difference between how do we want to be? So as we're moving into, let's say, um, and and my listeners are, some are retired, some are almost retired. I'm going to say the range is probably, I do know there's some 30-year-olds that are listening, so 30. And I do know that there's a 90, you know, at least one person who is over 90 listening. And so that concept of of deciding um, or choosing to be un- unbreakable or becoming unbreakable in terms of how they want to be or how I want to be or how you want to be, let's say not as compared to, but how does it differ from what we want to do? So let's say we want to be in less pain. We want to go on this particular hiking trip and that question of okay well so how does that fit into what do I do because the questions always are these are the things I want to do and they can literally be from getting down on the floor right with our grandchildren to being outside going not literally like we're sliding up and down the hills but why not Um, although I am looking at a hill out my window right now that has brought up a couple of injuries (laughs) I'm looking at it. And you speak to that as well. You speak to the fact that it doesn't mean that we're that as we are becoming unbreakable and it and we can get stronger, right? Year after year. And I think that's really important to know. You can be stronger in your 60s than you were in your 30s. And that comes through in the book as well. But that, yeah, that concept of being having your vision and going forward with that. And then also knowing that it's not about getting rid of our aches and our pains and our pain potentially. So how do we proceed with all of this? Well, I think there's a really disheartening narrative out there that it can, that it can possibly be too late for you to do something. I'm in my forties now. And you had asked me earlier how long, you know, how unbreakable was I when I wrote the book? Like it, you know, I'll be honest. I was in a very unhealthy place despite being fit. And so it took half a decade to 
address a lot of the health problems I had from chronic illness and things I had as a child um, that doctors just really didn't have an answer for other than antibiotics. So I had to spend a good half a decade really healing things that were deep inside my systems and my tissues and organs and whatnot, and rebuilding my notion of how do I eat without restrictive dieting? How do I exercise while listening to my body? And I'm grateful for those half a decade years that it took because that's now what I teach to other people. So after that first, you know, five years, I just was building upon that. But this notion is, I hear this all the time when I talk to people. Oh, well, I'm 40 now. Oh, well, I'm 60 now. Oh, well, they said, you know, it's bone on bone. Oh, well, they said, you know, what do you expect? You're 65. And that's absurd because our bodies are always responding to the signals they receive every day until we die. That means your cells are turning over. And as they turn it over, they're passing along knowledge to whichever cell is coming next about how it should work, how this cell should do its job. Cells that make up your ligaments, that make up your stomach, that make up your bone, that make up your brain, everything. So we can influence those cells through our actions or inactions through what we eat or don't eat, through how we think or how we don't think. We can influence all of this. And that is so empowering because I loathe the fact that knowing a lot of people, myself included in the past, have felt disempowered in their own body. Like they don't know what to do for it. They don't know how to fix it. That the, the person they talked to said, the only way to fix it is to stop doing the thing you love or get a surgery, which means then you can't do the thing you love for a year as you recover, you know, which then rarely do people actually fully recover. That is so disempowering. And I think that the center of being unbreakable is knowing that you have the power. You are in the driver's seat, even when terrible things happen. You can make something of that and you can be 85 and say, well, you know, I'm not going to look and feel and move like when I was 20, but I'm going to feel really good for 85. I'm going to feel as good as I can. And I'm also going to accept, like you said, the aches and pains that I'm working with, trying to figure out, trying to do something about, but they're still there. They're not totally gone yet that we can build a practice of acceptance for ourselves and our place in this world while also striving to take ownership of all of it and take action. Wow. <laughs> Big exhale. Here we go. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that was awesome. That is what it is all about to be in the body that, that we are in and accept that. I don't think uh, there's not many people I know, Kate, I don't know about your yourself who say, um, yeah, no, everything is a hundred percent. Everything is chickity boo. Like my joints are right on my shoulders, my my back, my digestion is good, my blood work is a hundred percent. I'm sleeping like a baby. Like no. And so, what potentially does happen is that any part of those comments or those, um, and sometimes they will come up as big barriers. As no, I can't do that because because of this and that was just so optimistic and so hopeful and so if we were then saying so as as a listener right now thinking okay yeah i'm inspired i'm feeling a little bit sore i'm feeling a little bit achy i'm feeling like i want to be a little bit more adventurous where should i start where should we start I'm going to say me too. I'm listening to this. I'm going on this. I'm going on this, on this train. Now, I do know, again, for those of you, 
honest to goodness, Kate lays this out in her book beautifully as well. So if you are at all thinking about about um, about having this information in front of you, the one thing I want to mention, Kate, before I forget as well, is that you have a really nice bonus section that you can connect online and follow along with parts of the books in terms of, of exercises and movements. So, Kate, I back to my my question: Where should we start? Well, the the first place we need to start is with something I call the explorer's mindset. And I spend a whole section of the book talking about this. The explorer's mindset is something I developed to help people develop their own autonomy with their body. Because let's be real, most of us didn't get a great education in health class when we were in school about like how a body works. We learned like, you know, parts of the body and like what they do to make babies. And that's pretty much what most of us learned. And then we went and played kickball, right? So if we even had that. So we didn't really get a great education about how our bodies work. So a lot of us feel like, well, I don't know. It's this big, I don't know. When they're like, well, my knee hurts. I don't know what to do about it. That is correct. You probably don't know what to do about it yet. But we have this amazing thing called curiosity that we can use to go figure these things out. And still, when I would say that to clients a million years ago, they'd go, well, but I don't know where to start. And so I explained my process that I used to solve all my body challenges. And they were like, oh, okay, I can do that. So I figured out I had to put this into a simple framework people can remember. And it's called the explorer's mindset. So there are three sections to an explorer's mindset. First, we need to start exploring. What do we need to explore? Our environment that we're living in. So imagine you are this space traveling person. And you've arrived on a planet that nobody is coming to. No one's been there before you, not a single person. No one is coming after you. You're the only one who's coming here. And it's your job to figure out how to make life here hospitable. What's here that could be useful? What's not here that you need? What can you make? What can you learn? What can you uncover about this place that you have found yourself in? That place you've found yourself in is your body. You're the only one who is coming. You might be able to lean on experts to help you but they are not coming to live here with you. They cannot give you answers about this place. You are the only one who can come up with the answers about this place. So we need to start exploring both our inner ecosystem, which is all the stuff inside of us, and our outer ecosystem, the world we live in, what chair I'm sitting in right now, what shoes am I wearing, how much coffee did I have today, did I have a cocktail last night? All of these things are influencing us. And we're going to start collecting data. And we're going to use that data to say, okay, well, you know, I do sit for like 12 hours a day. That might be that might be useful data regarding my hip pain that I'm experiencing. Then we have to do an experiment. And that's the second part of an explorer's mindset. So we've explored and we've collected data. Now we're going to experiment with that data by saying, you know, my hips have been bothering me. I did notice I was sitting a lot, but I also noticed that my hips bother me more at certain times of the month. I wonder what that's all about. Is it cycle related or is it because I stressful things going on at the end of the month, every month I do bookkeeping or something like that. What could it possibly be? And you decide what you're going to experiment on and you do an experiment just like you did in grade school science class. And then you look at the outcome of that experiment. And the good news is you can never do a bad experiment because even if you do an experiment where you realize, oh my gosh, it is because I'm going to take the chair out. I think it's because I'm sitting. And then you go to a standing desk and you're like, well, shoot, I still have hip pain. That's, well, no, that's annoying. That is annoying. But now, you know, the chair wasn't probably the issue. What's the next thing you could experiment with? 
And then the third part of being an explorer and having an explorer's mindset is curate. This is the thing we forget to do as humans. We need to discover what works for us. Then we need to make a curated list of these are the things that help Lori's hips feel the best. And I'm going to make sure I do those regularly. And if my hips start hurting again, I'm going to check in on those things and say, did I fall off on my habits that I figured out work for me? Oh, you know what? I did. I'm going to start those again. And in doing so, you become an expert in the caretaking of your body. And the good news is that's your job title already. Then you just build up that process of becoming the actual expert where you can say, I do know what's right for my body. So while people might have thought, oh, the place we start is stretching or back work or something like that, we get to that. We do get to some specific training that I think is very valuable for being an unbreakable human. But that is not more important than you being an explorer of your body and deciding, I would like to experiment with what Kate is teaching. Or, you know, actually, I think I'm going to go take Lori's class or I'm going to do this other thing. Because that always trumps any expertise that people like Lori and I might have about fitness. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. And I love that. I always say I am. Yeah, I am a facilitator in this this process you are the expert as i'm as i'm chatting with clients and class participants and two other things just popped up for me kate when you were presenting this which is fantastic i'm all about curiosity i'm all about the signals and the opportunities that come up in our day in our body so they are every twinge every ache every whatever is a message is a messenger, is a is giving us information that we can either just, you know, throw our hands up and say, oh, that's pain, and then just shut it down there or go, oh, exactly what you said. Oh, this is a message. This is a signal. I get to, I've got the power. I get to play with this. And the other thing that I thought of is that in that process of having um, a team around us, so as you go through that, you might say, hmm, as you're curating it, right? Like, mm, maybe I should reach out to my, you know, my physio or, or chiropractor or massage therapist, therapist. And how excited and appreciative would they be for you to come in with this? This is what I noticed. This is when I have hip pain, right? Because I, and I know that I, I'm guilty of that. I'm sitting sometimes and going, oh, I'm not sure, right? But how quickly could you move that process and be in charge of that process, right? Because it's your experience. Uh, That just, oh my gosh, that just came to me again, right there. That is fantastic. We want to be the support tool to help folks. You know, we had a passion, you and I and all the other fitness people out there, we had a passion for this. So we want to dive deep into it and get into all the nitty gritty of how bodies work and what they need and what they can do. And we do have some good suggestions we can share, but without the data from the body, without the body, I mean, that's a conversation our body's having with us without being a part of that conversation. It's hard to know where to start or what to, to do to approach the body and say, Hey, could we maybe help you speak in a different way that doesn't include hip pain or low back pain or something like that. It's hard to do that without, without data that can help us. And that's why I'm also always so cautious about saying, oh, these are things that work. You know, yes, there are definitely things that like bodies respond well to, but 
almost nothing is 100% true 100% of the time for 100% of humans. Probably one of the few things is we all need oxygen. In order to live, we need oxygen. But after that, you got a person's story, you've got their back history, you've got their experiences, you've got you've got a whole person sitting in front of you that you want to work with to help. So all of you listening out there, you're a whole person and what worked for your friend Susie may not work for you because you guys had different stories. You're at different places in your life. You have different little things going on. And that's where then, as you said, building a team of experts around you that you know when you need them, you can lean on them and bring them some data and say, what would you do with this? How do we approach this together? Um, that's that's like the greatest thing when we get to meet clients and students like that, because it feels like a team effort instead of just you know a teacher saying, do it this way because I said so. You know. Absolutely. And the, and the fact that in 24 hours of our day, right, when you and I talk about if you're doing a, um, let's say, a, a personal training session or you're doing a class or anything throughout the day, even if it's out for a walk, it could be only that hour in the day, let's say. Now, you might be moving more or less, but it is the other 23 hours in the day that we have the potential to create this resilient body. And we've got opportunities, like you say, along the way. How are we sleeping? How and how, like physically, how are we sleeping? I've had situations where someone has put a pillow between their knees and gone to sleep and went, my hip pain's gone. Like that's not going to happen all of the time, but it is astounding, as you say, that it could be when you become and you have that explorer's mind, you're curious. And I'm going to say as well, and you actually, you've got a um, a field book, a field like where you are documenting, because that's the whole other aspect of this is to journal this that no you won't have to do this I wouldn't say the rest of your life but I like to do this kind of thing season by season let's check in Mm -hmm. with our body in the winter let's check in with it in the spring because as you said tissues are different signals are different we're doing different activities but we have that potential of outside of let's say working with somebody else for an hour a day or two hours even if we're watching a video on YouTube right we are still doing this with somebody else, we've got all of those other hours to be curious. And you can get to the point that you lessen your pain. I've seen it, right? And Kate, you've seen it. I don't probably know how many times where, and and it's not just about, and I shouldn't say it's not just about pain, because as much as I say not to focus on, not to focus on pain, and then I get down and I'm focusing on pain, but it is one of the biggest, biggest stops. It's fear and it's pain. And it's sometimes that that combination. So I find your approach and everything that you're saying today, um, everything that is in um, in your book, the way it is explained and presented in the book is so helpful. It is a starting point And I'm going to say it's a finishing point. You just, you really, really bring it all together and, and get us thinking. That's the other thing. And not giving our power over to someone else. And as Kate says, whether it's, it's Kate or me or someone, it is, oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. Kate, is there anything else that you want to make sure um, 
that are habit thrivers here. Uh, and that's actually a habit, everybody. That is a habit of perhaps at the beginning of whenever you want to do it, but I'm going to say at the very least, do a reassessment, whether or not it's every month or every season or when you need to or when you're changing an activity, and it can go right into your habit and um, routine, especially as you are moving forward into a new or next chapter. But Kate, is there anything else that you want to add? Yeah, I think it's, I think that's a great kind of endpoint to, to wrap up on it. Movement is has a lot of barriers that can stand in its way between you and it. Because if we have aches and pains, it's uncomfortable to move. And if we're our body doesn't feel good with general soreness, you know, maybe some, you know, arthritis or something like that, it can feel limiting. And then if we don't know what to do, that can feel limiting. And then if we don't know if it's working, if what we're if what we found on YouTube is actually right for us, that, I mean, I can go on and on. There's so many hurdles that can stand in the way. That's why I try to make things as approachable as possible. The other aspect of that is when we want to make a change, we tend to want to do it all right now. We're like, I'm ready. Here we go. Let's work out an hour a day for seven days a week or something like that. We go like head first into the, the deep end. And, you know, BJ Fogg, I always bring him up. He was a habit researcher who's done a lot of the seminal research on habits, like long before James Clear picked up the, the baton and ran with it. Um, and he always said, make the bar so low you can step over it. And I think a lot of us need to remember that with movement because in fitness, you know, and cardio and things like that, because the messaging you see in Nike commercials and online is that intensity is the way to go. And there is a use for intensity, but it is so sparing for what the body actually needs. It's very, you use it very sparingly to really get the most out of it. What really makes change is practices that are so doable. You can easily do them every day. And then you build on them over time. And you talk about this a lot with habits, Laura, I know that. Um, but that's why I like with the book, you mentioned, I have that bonus section because I teach about the framework of base building a body that I start with where I say, okay, part of why we keep getting injured is we don't have this base of the body in place where we have these core areas of the body that are so important to work well. We don't have them working well. And I start there. And then I say, this is not the end goal. This is not the entirety of the fitness practice. This is where we start though. And you get to build it after the point of, okay, we got the base in place. Now do you want to hike that mountain or run a marathon or walk around the block more regularly or do a cartwheel, you know? Then you build all of that. And so that's why in the book, I teach about this important section of the body that all of these areas need to be built up. And then I show you the exercises I would start with. They're not what you finish with. They're not the end result of what you're trying to do, but they are what you should get done first. And so if someone's looking to add more to their movement practice, these six exercises that are my introductory exercises to building your base of your unbreakable body, I think are an excellent place to start. And if you do them and you're like, well, that was really doable. Good. Keep doing that for a while so that you have set that habit in place and you're like, I'm ready for more rather than I'm going to chew off the entire amount right off the bat. And then I'm going to fail in three weeks because it was too much for what I actually was capable of. So just keep that in mind. And if you do want to jump in with me, it's over at my book bonus uh, URL. You can actually watch the things I teach in the book. So. And actually, I'll put that right in the show notes, everything around her book and where to get in touch with Kate. Uh, what's the best way, though, Kate? Is it, un is it your website? 
So I, I house my main place I've been at for 15 or so years on the internet is fitforreallife.com. That's where you can find the jump off point to everything courses, coaching, blog, uh, my shop, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And if folks are listening in Canada, which I would expect many are, uh, <laughs> you are best served by um, our favorite friend, Amazon, to order your book. I haven't figured out how to get shipping into Canada yet without it being exorbitantly expensive and really complicated. As we all know, for some reason, we share a border, but it's really hard to get stuff across that border. So, yeah. So in the meantime, if you're in Canada, you can order the book on Kindle or um, a paperback copy on Amazon.ca. So that's a great place to go. But if you want to check me out, come on over to fitforreallife.com. Fit for, and is it the, le- is it for, fit for? Yeah. Fit F-O-R. So all of it is spelled out, fit for real life. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. But again, I will put that in uh, in the show notes. That was just a, a wonderful, wonderful ending to a wonderful conversation. And actually for the month of you, you could be listening to this episode anytime during the year. You know, I, I'm always all over that. But I am very specific um, with themes to two months. So here we are in the month of January. And as Kate said, sometimes we go out full bore, right? Here we go. And it is a really good, again, reminder, again, with our theme in January of the push-pull, knowing when to rest, knowing when to push, knowing when to be curious and just, yeah, what, what do I need right now? So that was an absolutely wonderful way to bring it all together as well, Kate. So I would like to um, great big thank you and a reminder, everyone who's listening, go out there and grab it. It is, as many of you know, uh, potentially, because I do speak to books and and other podcasts and, and all of that through various channels. This is this is a keeper. I said to Kate, it's on my Kindle, but I need this hard copy. <laughs> So that's when, so that's when, you know, so thank you again, Kate, everybody enjoy your week and I will be chatting with you again on our next episode. Bye for now, everybody. If you love this episode, I guarantee you're going to love exploring all the amazing opportunities that await us in reclaiming our awesomeness together. So come on over to my Facebook group, Women's Wellness Community for Women Wanting to Rock Their Me Now Years. Or let's connect over on Instagram at HabitGuru365 and make the Habit Guru podcast your healthy new habit.